Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the second Sunday in Lent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who have commanded us to listen to your beloved Son, be pleased, we pray, to nourish us inwardly by your word, that with, spi- that with spiritual sight made pure, we may rejoice to behold your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. Taking Abram outside the Lord said, Look up to heaven and count the stars if you can. Such will be your descendants, he told them. Abram put his faith in the Lord, who counted this as making him justified. I am the Lord, he said to him. Who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to make you heir to this land? My Lord, the Lord, Abram replied. How am I to know that I shall inherit it? He said to them, Get me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. He brought him all these, cut them in half, and put half on one side, and half facing it on the other. But the birds he did not cut in half. Birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them off. Now as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and terror ceased. When the sun had set and darkness had fallen, there appeared a smoking furnace and a firebrand that went between the halves. That day the Lord made a covenant with Abram in these terms. To your descendants I give this land, from the wadi of Egypt to the great river. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my light and my help. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Before whom shall I shrink? The Lord is my light and my salvation. O Lord, hear my voice when I call. Have mercy and answer. Of you my heart has spoken. Seek his face. The Lord is my light and my salvation. It is your face, O Lord, that I seek. Hide not your face. Dismiss not your servant in anger. You have been my help. The Lord is my light and my salvation. I am sure I shall see the Lord's goodness in the land of the living. Hope in him, hold firm, and take heart. Hope in the Lord. The Lord is my light and my salvation. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. My brothers, be united in following my rule of life. Take as your models everybody who is already doing this and study them as you used to study us. I have told you often, and I repeat it today with tears. There are many who are behaving as the enemies of the cross of Christ. They are destined to be lost. They make foods into their God and they are proudest of something they ought to think shameful. The things they think important are earthly things. For us, our homeland is in heaven. And from heaven comes the Saviour we are waiting for, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will transfigure these wretched bodies of ours into copies of his glorious body. He will do that by the same power with which he can subdue the whole universe. So then, my brothers and dear friends, do not give way, but remain faithful in the Lord. I miss you very much, dear friends. You are my joy and my crown. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. From the shining cloud, the Father's voice is heard. This is my beloved Son. Hear him. Glory and praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the aspect of his face was changed and his clothing became brilliant as lightning. Suddenly there were two men there talking to him. They were Moses and Elijah appearing in glory and they were speaking of his passing, which he was to accomplish in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were heavy with sleep, but they kept awake and saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As these were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is wonderful for us to be here, so let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. As he spoke, a cloud came and covered them with shadow, and when they went into the cloud, the disciples were afraid. And a voice came from the cloud, saying, This is my Son, the Chosen One. Listen to Him. And after the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. The disciples kept silence and, at that time, told no one what they had seen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read you an excerpt from a speech made by Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis, Tennessee, on April 3rd, 1968. Now, students of history may remember that he was assassinated on April 4th, 1968. So it turned out that this was his last public speech ever given. It's come to be known as the Mountaintop Speech. And the reason why is because he compares himself to Moses, who led the Israelites out of slavery, but that Moses never entered the Promised Land. He made it to the top of Mount Nebo, and he died in sight of the land of milk and honey. Have a listen to this. This is what King said. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I'd like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. 
But I want you to know tonight that we, as a people, will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. It's a bizarrely prophetic speech. Because not hours later, he was shot dead. Can you imagine what would have become of the followers of Martin Luther King uh, and the civil rights movement if King had died without making that speech? Maybe he would have gone down in history as another fanciful dreamer. He had a dream. But the dream is dead. Maybe his followers would have suffered a loss of faith in the cause for which King had lived and died. Maybe they would have given up on the civil rights movement and the dream. But it seems that speech made all the difference. It prepared them for the trauma that was soon to come. It assured them that King was not simply the victim of circumstance, but that his death was somehow part of God's plan in a long struggle for liberation. He compared his situation to that of Moses, who was appointed by God to lead Israel from slavery in Egypt to the Promised Land. And after a lifetime of faithful service as leader of God's people in their long journey through the desert, Moses himself would die without reaching the Promised Land. That such a selfless and committed leader who has spent himself in the cause of freedom should fail to reach it himself seems incomprehensible to us. But that appears to be a regular pattern in the mystery of God's design. Now, in order to help Moses and his people bear the shock and the consequent crisis of faith that this would generate, God led Moses up Mount Nebo, and there on the mountaintop, God granted him a preview of the promised land and its glory. And with that, Moses was reassured that God was still being faithful to his promise. And the people were reassured that Moses was indeed the man of God that he claimed to be. Maybe we can see some of these themes coming out in the gospel today, happening on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus takes with him Peter, James and John. And though they were his close companions, let's face it, They didn't exactly show themselves to be loyal and unselfish. James and John had followed Jesus because they wanted special seats at his right and his left. Peter wanted to know what he would get since he had left everything to follow Jesus. These were men who believed that Jesus was the Messiah and that knowing him was going to translate into visible, tangible dividends in this life, both for Jesus and for his followers. I suppose, deep down, Peter, James and John at this stage are still ultimately in it for themselves. If Jesus had not prepared them beforehand by giving them a glimpse into the heavenly glory that was his and theirs at the end of their journey of faith, perhaps they would have been devastated by the shock of Jesus' shameful death as a public criminal. Just as the mountaintop speech prepared Martin Luther King and his followers, and the mountaintop experience on Mount Nebo prepared Moses and the Israelites, so the transfiguration 
prepared Jesus and his apostles, those who would assume the mantle of leadership after him, for the devastating trauma of the crucifixion that was to come. One of the things about Martin Luther King's speech that I find inspiring and just a a little bit chilling is the resoluteness that he has in the face of suffering and death. It's, It's like he knows it's coming. Listen to this. He said, like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. Don't these words sound very similar to Christ's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed, let this cup pass from me. Yes, long life has its place and I'd prefer it, but not my will, but yours be done. I just want to do God's will. But while Jesus is resolute, it seems that his apostles, his closest companions, they need a bit of preparation for what's coming down the track. We didn't hear it read in the gospel today, but shortly after they come down from the mountain, Jesus says to his disciples, For your part, you must have these words constantly in your mind. The Son of Man is going to be handed over into the power of men. Jesus understands the great risk to his disciples and he enters upon his passion and he tries to prepare and strengthen them for his impending suffering and death. And so he gives them this mountaintop experience. Like Martin Luther King Jr., they can declare in the depth of distress and despair, I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen the promised land. And God will free us from this slavery if only we keep to the path. You know, many of us spend our daily lives in the valley of toil and hardship. We can feel abandoned by God and begin to doubt our faith and its promises. But if we remain close to Jesus, especially during this season of Lent, one mountaintop experience is all that we need. And our doubts and our fears will dawn into blessed hope. In following Christ, there are moments in life when our Lord leads us up the mountaintop and gives us just a sneak peek, a glimpse, a tiny revelation of who he truly is. The glory of God. And we see the joy of the promised land. And these extraordinary Bright flashes of light, as brief as they are, strengthen our faith for the challenges ahead. And they remind us that God keeps his promises. He will lead us out of slavery and he will raise us from death. So, this Lent, let's follow Christ closely through our practices of prayer and fasting and almsgiving. For the Lord may just lead us toward one of these mountaintops where his glory is revealed. Martin Luther King obtained his courage from his mountaintop experience so that even in the face of death and in the face of threat, he was able to declare, I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. 
Thanks for praying with us. And may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.